Hey church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. A couple quick things real quick before we continue in the, in the Paradox Sermon of Faith. Um, and I promise you I will get this done today if you were with us last week. But I just want to give us some updates of what's happening. Um, we had Vision Sunday back in January. We do it every year where we just share what God's placed on our heart and uh, what, he, what he's calling us to do as a body, as a whole body. And so I just, I feel like it's important, the team feels like it's important for us to just continue to give updates about some of the things that we believed God to do. We, we wrote in faith, believing that God would, would do this stuff. We, we want to just encourage us together. Can we do this? Because this church is our church. Hello? This is our church. This is our body. And, and this is what God's doing in us. And so just a few things. First and foremost, I, I said the church that we see, one of the things that I believe Oasis is called to be is a church that, that is a church and a body that reconciles one to another that we are called to be people that reconcile one to another. And so how many of you are here for Good Friday? Come on, how good was Good Friday? Yeah, it was an amazing Sunday or Friday, and um, we, had, we had five churches from across the cities joining with us. And today, still this day, people across the city, all different uh, uh, demographics, all different types of churches are still hearing. I just got a call. I got an email from church, some church on the west side. I've never heard of them. And they just said, hey, we just heard what you guys were doing, how you gathered the body together, how powerful the gospel was, how powerful the presence was. Thank you for stepping out in faith. And so come on, can we just bless the Lord that he's building a house where it's okay it's okay not to get credit for anything. It's okay for our name not to be lifted up, but it's, it's great when this church lifts up the name of Jesus, yeah? We also said that we really believe Oasis is gonna reach across a whole different uh, boundary lines of states, and I believe one day maybe the countries uh, uh, besides the U.S., but um, we've, been, we've been hearing reports of, of a family and family group down in Missouri that's watching, so if you're watching, hello. Um, I don't even know. I, I, someone emailed me, said they heard me preaching at a different church, and now I've been leaning into this. So God's doing what he's doing here. It's, it's flowing into to other places. What has happened in those individuals that we just prayed for is going to flow into the areas that they've... Come on, we can... All right, last thing, because... A kid zone, kid zone's growing. We need, like, I don't even know how many children are up there today, but there's a lot. People be having babies to left and right, um, and it's good in Jesus' name. Speaking of babies, uh, we haven't had the chance to welcome officially Pastor Reuben and Karina's little one, baby Amaya, they're back there. Come on, we're so grateful. And so kid zone's growing. Last thing, building fun. We said that we felt like the Lord gave us a yes. To start, to start just, just asking him to show us where, if, when he wants to do it, what space we can call our own. And we just really felt like the Lord gave us a number to ask. And so if you're a part of that, this is not a building campaign. We're not sending flyers out. We're not sending emails out. We're just trusting the body that as they feel led to give. Let me say something. This is above your tithes. This is above your tithes. This is an offering. This is a faith thing, but 
The body has so far responded in great ways, and I'm super thankful. I believe we're, gonna, we're just going to see God move. We're at 21% of the goal right now. Come on, we're at 21%. Come on, can we thank God for his faithfulness in that? So there's a lot of things. Our gatherings have been powerful. Prayer meeting, show up to prayer meeting on Wednesday nights. They've been so good. How many of you know we're called to be a house of prayer? So join with us on prayer meetings. Make some time for that, and we'll continue to move forward. Yeah? Hebrews chapter 11. Get your Bibles out. Go to Hebrews chapter, chapter 11. If you were not here last week, I'm going to do a quick synopsis of what was said because I got through maybe four or five pages of my notes, but God was in this place last week, and I really believe he's stretching us. So this week, the paradox is on faith. Come on, the paradox is on faith. This is the paradox statement of what we want to touch on today. In the world... We look with our eyes, our physical eyes, and we see everything that's happening and we respond. Yes, we see what's happening with our physical eyes. We see what's going on and that's how we respond to what's happening around us. But in the kingdom of God, we hear the word of the Lord and obey in faith. How many of you know this is how faith operates? I'm not talking about saving faith today, right? That's a powerful thing. And let me say this, because I, I don't want to miss this. If you've already believed that Jesus came, he died, he raised to life, you have already overcome the greatest obstacle of faith. Like you, you've put your faith in, a, in, in the God above all gods. Like that's the greatest step. That's the greatest faith step. That's what holds you. That's what's roots you. That's a powerful thing. So walking in faith then... Shouldn't be an obstacle, but it is sometimes. It's difficult sometimes. Today and last week, what I'm talking about is how we operate as people in faith every single day. Yes? How many of you know faith is hard to operate in? Who wants to agree to know that? Four of us. Okay. I'm going to preach today. Wake you all up. It's hard. It's difficult. And today, more than ever, the, the church, I'm not talking about the world, the church, when, when it comes to the church body, there is a bit of despair in us. There is a bit of hopelessness in us. There is a bit of uncertainty in us. And I really believe the core of it is not just because everything that's happening, that factors. But how many know factors shouldn't influence our faith? But, but, but the reason why I believe there's such despair in my own heart, where I find myself in despair and sorrow, is because I've lost the word of the Lord in my life. And when the word of the Lord takes root in my life, faith rises up. Yes, faith rises up. When I, when I, when I lower my ears to listen to what the world says, I'm going to get what the world says. I'm going to get despair. I'm going to get death. I'm going to get destroyed. But when I lift my head up and when I lift my ear to the one that created me, the one that designed me, the one that did all of this, the one that we sang about today, that man, he holds it all together. When I listen to that, faith rises up. I don't look at what's happening around me. I can look at what his word says, what he speaks and what he says, and I can live that thing out. Bill Johnson, I said this last week, but this is so powerful. Pastor Bethel. He says this quote in regards to faith that hit me a few years back, but it says this, when I listen to the voice of a problem, more than listening to the voice of the Lord, faith will always be an uphill battle. When you listen to the voice of a problem, when you listen to the voice of the world and the circumstances that are swirling around you, more than you listen to the voice of the Lord, faith is always going to be an uphill battle. This is why people get stuck. I don't mean that. I don't speak that. I don't declare that over you. 
In Jesus' name, those that are stuck today are gonna come out. But this is why people in the faith get stuck. And we, we, we settle for less than. We settle with just what we're hearing and sensing. He continues to say this. If I receive my counsel from the difficulties of life, my life will be shaped by inferior things. If we receive our counsel from the difficulties of life, how many of you know your life is gonna be shaped like that? If you keep walking into your job, I know I harp on this, but I'm so serious about this. If you keep walking into your job saying you hate your job and you hate your bosses and you hate your coworkers, guess what you're going to get? A terrible job situation. If you look at, let me just continue. You ready? Hebrews 11. You good? Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Faith in Jesus is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. Jesus has an answer to us if we are stuck, if we are looking at the problems of this world, if we're getting settled into that area. Jesus' word has an answer to us, and it's this right here. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the faith, the, the conviction of things not seen. I walked us through that first section of that verse, the part of where it says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. And faith, what that word assurance means in another translation is substance. It's the reality behind of what is actually happening. And what I explained to us is that when we listen to the word of the Lord, when we turn our ear to understanding, when we get the knowledge of the word of God, we get to receive what is in heaven, the substance of heaven, because Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. That same word is the same word of substance there. Hebrews 1 is the same word here. So when we hear and when we listen to the word of the Lord, we get to have what is in heaven here on earth. You with me? We get the substance of what's up there, here. It's the kingdom of now and yet to come, yes? It's the kingdom of we're here and we're waiting for him to return, but that's not a thing where we just don't get to have what he promises us. We get to have what he promises us now. That's a really good place to say amen. We get to have the kingdom now. It's the substance of the things hoped for. I hope when he returns, I'm looking forward to the day Jesus returns. How many of you are waiting for Jesus? Like, I'm, like he going to come, he's going to rule and reign, and we get to rule and reign with him. How many of you are excited for that? Come on, how many of you are excited? Like, but we get fixated and we, we look to, I do, I, I hope, I can't wait. But there is an assignment for me and for you today to bring souls into the family, to, to express the goodness of God, to share the gospel, to live out the things that are promised to us today so that the world can get a picture of what it looks like to be a faith-filled believer, not a hopeless believer. Come on, we have a, there's already enough hopelessness, yes? And listen, this does not discount struggles. This does not discount when you face death. This does not discount when you have really hard things. But if those things shape you and you get stuck there and parked there, that's the problem. We get the substance of heaven here in this earth today. Another word for that is title or deed. I made the joke about how many of you know what a title or a deed is last week and only a couple hands went up. It means you own something. Y'all with me? They're like, what's a title? What's a deed? <laughs> and so, so when you get the title to a car or you get the title or deed to a house, you own that. That same word that talks about substance is also meaning, come to know, to be title or deed. The word of God is the title to your life. The word of God is your deed. It is your inheritance. 
The word and the promises of what is said here is for you. It's for you. It's for you. It's not against you. It's not against you. It's for you. So you get the title and the deed to what God has said. Come on, this is what happens when faith gets activated. This is why growing up, it was so weird for me when my mom and my dad would pray scriptures over me. I'd be like, why are you praying scriptures over me? Like, what? stop. They're like, no, this is your inheritance. This is your portion. This is what you should have. This is what you get. So you best believe I'm in the bedroom with Titus, my hand on his head. I'm like, he is the head and not the tail. He is a mighty warrior. No matter what I'm experiencing today with him, I'm still believing for... No matter how hard it's been, Jesus, you are with him. But I declare scriptures over my kid's life. I declare scriptures over our finances. We're not a, we're not a wealth, like, let me rephrase that. I believe the kingdom's all about wealth. We're not a money-seeking church. I'm trying to, this is just, this is, the, this is the truth. When he says that I can have a marriage that's flourishing and prosperous, not always easy, Rachel married me, pray for her. <laughs> but we can prosper in Jesus' name. We can grow in Jesus' name because the word of God says it. That's my title. That's my deed. That's my inheritance. That's what I hope in. Hello? This is the assurance of things hoped for, yes? Okay, so that's what I taught last week. You all right? Is that clock right? Okay, second part is this. Faith is the convictions of things not seen, the second half of that verse. Faith is the conviction. Everyone say conviction. The second word, conviction, which, which means proof or conviction, you can put proof there, is the Greek word elenkos. This word means the proof or the conviction that the things which are not seen are the things which are truly real and which will remain forever. These are the things in which we can base our lives on. Faith is the convictions of things not seen. You can't see it, but you can base your life on it. When we hear the word of God, catch this, I'm going to read a little bit. When we hear the word of God, the proof or conviction that what is said is real is placed in our hearts by the Holy Spirit and it's called faith. That when we receive the word of God, when we plant ourselves in this thing, like, like someone that plants next to streams of living water, when we plant our lives in this thing and we, we listen to the Holy Spirit speaking it over us, our hearts begin to grow in what is called faith. You with me? It's really difficult to have faith in God when you don't know God. It's really easy to say, well, I know God has done this and I've, I've experienced God in this way and I've done this stuff. And so you operate in that manner. But God is saying in a whole different season, I need you to learn this. I need you to learn this. And I need you to learn this. And the only way you're going to know this is this is by knowing me and my word. And so it's really difficult to operate in faith and operate and step out in faith, in real faith, operating in things you can't see if you don't know who he is. And this is convicting for me. But like I said it last week, we need the word of God to dissect us. We don't need to dissect the word of God. Now hear me, there are theologians, there are people a lot smarter than me. I called Dr. David Campbell, I said, tell me what these words mean, help me understand Greek, because the Lord knows I don't even know English well. So please, in Jesus' name, right? We need men and women that, that study this, are richly planted in this. But how many of you know, we need to get dissected by the word more than I need to dissect the word. And when we, when we let our lives sit under the dissecting knife of Jesus and his Holy Spirit, our hearts get built up in faith. Are you with me? 
Faith is an unalterable conviction that what God says in his word is true. His word is true. How many believe God's word is true? Just put your hands up just for a second. And we can base our lives upon it. How many of you are thankful that we have a playbook? We get a playbook. The faith, this faith is also the proof of what is not seen because as we act on our conviction and exercise faith in accordance with the word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit, we see God do what we could not do and perhaps what no one else could do. And thus, the exercise of our faith provides proof of its reality and the truth of God's word. That when God speaks, when God's word is received, that when, it, when we operate in it, we actually give proof to that it's real. Okay, I was talking to some men upstairs before service. I was like, help, help me give this in a better layman's term, like a, a simpler term, right? And, and, the, and the thought came to my head that, that scripture talks countless times about praising through storms. Yes? We've settled for depression in storms. Guilty. But the word of God has countless moments where it declares and talks about the power of praising through storms. Yes? If you know your words. And so this week I went to Acts and I, I, I re remembered the story of Paul and Silas in prison. They're chained up. They've done nothing wrong, but they're in, a, they're in a prison cell. They're in a storm. They're in a trial. And the Lord took me back to the moment when Rachel and I got married. When we got married, Rachel started experiencing all sort of, it was, it was me. I know it's just, she, this is her portion. But there was a moment six months into marriage, she had some really intense um, stomach issues. We were in the hospital, I think. My, it was like every night for like a week straight to the point where one night she was in the hospital and my wife was literally hurt. She was not well. I'll just say that. She was not good. They admitted her. And I'm like, I'm a mess. We're supposed to be married. We're supposed to be doing all sorts of new married couple things together. Like we're supposed to enjoy life together. Like we're supposed to. Now this is what I was. I was fearful. I was shook. I didn't know what to do. So she's in the hospital room and it's two in the morning and I'm sitting there just like crying before the Lord and the Lord said, Jay, this is a moment for you to learn something. Stop crying and start praising. I said, excuse me? He said, stop crying, turn some worship music on and start singing praises over your wife. Start singing and declaring words of healing over your wife. You know what I did? Went to Spotify. I think it was Spotify at that time. How long Spotify been? Maybe it was Apple Music, iTunes, whoever. And I just started playing music and I didn't want to praise. I didn't want to do it. But the word of the Lord started being declared over song. And I started singing. I started singing. I started singing. And in that hospital room at two in the morning, my wife is hooked up to all sorts of things. I'm just like, Lord, you're good. You're worthy to be praised. You're the center of my life. You're going to do great in my, and I praised through the whole night. My wife woke up the next morning. We were home. By that next morning, and my wife, seriously, symptoms started going away days up, day by day. She, are you with me today? It was me going, this is what the word says. I'm going to activate it. This is what God's word says. I'm going to do it. Because what I can see in the natural eye doesn't look hope-filled. But what I see in the eternal, in the unseen realm, it looks hope-filled. And I'm going to start declaring what... The impossible things according to the word of God begin to happen when we operate in faith. Faith according to his word. This is not some name and claim it scripture time. Hello? Like this is, this is living by the word of God. Faith operates in the unseen world to bring what exists in that world 
what God wants and what only God can do into this world. Faith thus proves the reality of the unseen world. Hello, when you lay your hands on the sick and you believe for God to do what he says according to his word and people get healed, it's, ha- it's what's happening in the unseen world happening in this world. When you pray and you intercede and you press in for a wayward friend, a wayward mother, a wayward father, a brother, sister, when you pray and you petition and you ask the Lord and they come home, it's what has said in the word happens and people get to see what happens in the unseen world. The kingdoms, the heavenlies happen here in this world. It's a powerful thing that we get to co-labor with him in this. You with me? This is a co-laboring. So faith proves that when we act in obedience to God and his word, there is no barrier left in this physical world that can stop what God wants to do. There's no barrier. We have created barriers for God. Because, let me just say it straight up, a lack of faith. And what a lack of faith is, not knowing what he says here. And so when that happens, we're like, why is there barriers? Why are there things? It's because we don't know what God is saying and who God is. But when we live according to his word and we live out this faith, seeing things that are not seen, we get to see the unseen come to the scene. How many of you, Josh, can you? Yeah, just bring it. Yeah, 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 come on. Come on, can you give it up for brother Josh? Come on, Josh. Just, just stand right here. Doing great, man. <laughs> just go ahead and have a seat. It's a nice chair, right? We paid a lot of money for these chairs. They're comfy. Yeah. Stable, feel good. Did you, did you doubt that that chair was gonna hold you? Yeah, no, you didn't. You sat down. All of you sat down in these chairs this morning without a single of a doubt. Every single one of you got into this room. You didn't worry. You just sat right down. And when I said sit down, some of you were like, finally. <laughs> but every single one of you sat right in that chair. Yes? You did not question. You did not do an inspection of the chair. You did not lift it up and start looking. Is this thing stable? Are the screws tight? Is everything? If you did, bless you. But I guarantee it, majority of those people in the room did not do that. Yes? Your physical eyesight, your knowing of all things, everything you know about a chair, gives you the confidence to just come and sit right on that chair, yes? You did not question it, you did not doubt it. The problem is, thank you, Josh, the problem is this, is that faith sometimes lowers, we lower it to what we can see in the natural eye, yes? We say, oh, well, well, faith is like this. Faith is like that. No, faith is seeing the impossible done. Faith is seeing the unseen done. Physical eyesight produces a conviction or proof that things exist in the material world just as we see them. You knew that chair was going to hold you, Josh. Because everything you know about chairs says that chair will hold you. And we base our lives off of what we see physically. We hold on to assurances of what we see physically, yes? Our physical eyesight considers a financial investment through all the facts visibly in front of it and assures us, provides us a conviction that we can spend the money on, on it and know it'll be good to us and a good return to us. Can I just read for a moment? Physical eyesight will look at all the answer solutions being answered before you step out and go. Physical eyesight will look at the job offers, the financial impacts it will have on you and your family, and then you'll make a decision. 
Physical eyesight will look at a diagnosis and say, that's it, end of story. Physical eyesight will look at a city like Chicago and say, it's impossible to see this city change. This is what physical eyesight does. This is what it looks like to operate in the natural. But, you ready? Faith is a spiritual eyesight. Faith is a spiritual eyesight. I got 15 minutes. I'm going to sweat on this stage for 15 minutes. Faith is a spiritual eyesight. It enables us to see far beyond the physical world into the eternal realm. As we see the promises of the word of God with our spiritual eyesight, faith produces a conviction that what is contained in the word is real, more real, in fact, than any physical realities we see around us. That's why I can say Chicago looks bright. That's why I can hope that Chicago has a future. That's why I can hope that this city's not too far gone. It is the faith that moves the heart of Jesus like the centurion who comes and just says, Jesus, just say the word. Just speak the word. Faith provides a conviction that we can take actions in line with God's word, with assurance that a desired result will occur. When this happened, faith becomes the proof of the truth of God's word, even where that word, the word of God, contradicts the wisdoms or the limitations of the world. You with me? I know I'm teaching, but this is rich. Faith will say to you, what this says is true. What the world is telling me does not say this is going to happen, but I trust this over what the world says. I trust this thing over what anybody says. So when God speaks to me, I trust that. When God speaks a word to me, I live from that. I hold on to that. I ingest it. I pray into it. I believe it because what Jesus says will come true. This is why, for instance, we can tithe with the assurance that God will bless our finances in spite of the fact that tithing from a purely visible aspect involves giving all of our money away. How many you know, when you tell friends, Hey, how you doing financially? Good. I just gave 10% of my income to the church. They're like, not, I should say non-believing friends. I have, I have some of those. They're like, bro, you could invest that. You ever hear of Bitcoin, crypto, NFTs? I'm sweating up here. Look, at, I, gotta, I, gotta, I feel old school today. Woo. Woo. Just to break the barrier of money being talked about again at church. We can conduct our financial dealings to the highest standard and refuse to gain, refuse the gain that comes from evading income tax or cheating others. We can be people that say, God's word tells me to show up to work and work unto him regardless of what my boss, my manager, my coworkers act like or say about me. That I can show up and do everything in excellence because that's what the word of God tells me to do. That's what faith says. That's what the word of God says. So do it. Should I continue? Sure. When we are being spoken evil of by others, we refuse to throw the mud back. But I just want to get it out. But I just want truth to be known. Because you know why? I know that the word of God tells me he'll fight my battles. I know that the word of God tells me he'll deal with those people that speak ill will and da 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 I know what the word of God says about my life. I don't need to fight. Some of you are fighting battles. You're getting tired in the faith because you're fighting battles that God never called you to fight. You're dealing with stuff that God never told you to deal with because you don't know the word and what the word of God says about it. So stop gossiping. Stop complaining. Stop mumbling. Stop grumbling and just live out the word. Of you with me? Should I continue? This is why <laughs> we can honor one another. This is why we can pray for the sick. 
This is why we can believe for the impossible. This is why we can live a life under control because the promise of the Holy Spirit given to us is that we can be a person that is under control. I can't be under control, pastor. Pray the word of God over your life. Receive the fruit of the Spirit. You can live under control. You can live under control. We live in a kingdom that says to serve even though it goes against the culture of today. We can live with joy. We can live with love. We can live with peace even when the world won't go the same way. We can live a life that believes in prayer and shows up to the house of God together to pray, to worship, to, you know, people think you're nuts for showing up on Sunday morning. Maybe some of you don't have friends like that, but some people, you know, people are like, come to brunch. You're like, I gotta, I gotta be at a commitment. Just tell me you're going to church. It'll probably bless them. It may be crazy to them, but you know what happens here? Miracles, wonders, our eyes being fixed, being stirred up for the week ahead. This is why I love Sundays. Sunday's not coming to just like get yourself plugged in and get ready for the week. Sunday's coming with everything you experienced in the week past, all the jo- rejoicing, even in the says, and we get to come in together as a body and we get to look to Jesus and receive from him, grow with him, be blessed by one another. That's why this matters. This is what the word says. Do not stop meeting as the saints. Do not stop showing up. Make it a priority. Those that remain in the house of God, those that remain planted in the house of God will flourish. When this stuff happened, faith provides the conviction that God's words are true. A few more, you all right? This is the faith we're called to live. Not seeing with the eyes of the natural, but living with spiritual eyes. This is what 2 Corinthians 4.18 talks about. The things which are seen with our physical vision are temporary. But the things which only can be seen with our spiritual vision are eternal. God really wants to fill us with eternal eyesight. Faith, though, is hard. Yeah? Can I give us some, some, some teaching on how to make it easier in our lives? Like, I have all the answers. Like, this is, this is hard. But if I know anything about faith is this. Faith is a muscle. Faith is like a muscle. I should say it that way. Pastor Jordan, if you want to come up in a moment, just, just you, it's fine. Faith is like a muscle which gives God, which we must give to God. Failure to exercise, like in any part of our bodies. Yes, failure to exercise causes all sorts of different things in my life. I'm not mentally strong. I'm not physically strong. I'm unhealthy. So faith, when not exercise, results in our decisions, in our lives, sliding back into living from the realm that we can see. Can I encourage you today? When we stop working out this muscle, it becomes weak. And so when it becomes weak, we slip back into living in the comfort that we know is true in the natural. This is a good word, I promise you. It takes us from living like faith-filled, on mission, ready to go, ready to do the kingdom. But when we stop operating it and exercising it, we slip back into going, well, this is easier. This is comfortable. Man, the church really didn't do anything for me, so I'm going to stop showing up. Please don't. Man, I don't really know what they do with the money that we give. Please don't stop giving. Please don't stop giving. Man, I don't like the song that's being sung today. Who cares? Just lift up your voice to Jesus, please. Like, like faith will tell you to slip back in when not exercised into the natural. Faith allows us to see the invisible realm and hence enables us to stand on the basis of the principles of that world, which are the principles of God's world. So God is calling for people to take risks, to live in faith, to live in faith. For big decision, 
in small decisions. You know, faith is, there's, there's moments where you gotta make a really massive decision in life. That's faithful. And that's faith to operate in. But there are daily just mundane things, yes? Where he's asking if we would just invite him into living from positions of faith. Knowing that we have Christ as our substance, that Christ is our hope, that what he said is true, that what is happening up there can come down here. If we have that, we know that our feet are stable. Our feet are stable. Okay, so let's get back to Hebrews 11. 19 times in Hebrews 11, the phrase by faith is repeated to describe the attitude and actions of God's servants through the ages. 19 times. These men and women of faith lived, died, but they changed the world. They did not exercise faith to get things they wanted. For some, the exercise of faith meant an early entrance into heaven. But I thought we're supposed to have the abundant life. God can do whatever he wants to do. You have today. You just have today. You with me? So how are you operating in faith today? What higher purpose is there than the kingdom of God? The curse of our self-centered culture has come into the church and reduced faith to this idea of naming and claiming it. It's reduced faith in, in building your best self, your Instagram perfect picture self to the world by putting a bio, Philippians 4.13. I'm sorry, that's a shot. I don't even know who it's a shot. It's a shot. It has reduced faith to being a thing that will elevate you into the next season. God's just elevating me. He's just elevating me. He might be. <laughs> or he might say, stay in that season because you haven't graduated from that grade. And it takes faith to stay planted even when he hasn't graduated you yet. Amen. That's a good one. It has reduced faith to a once a day gathering. This is not the faith that God wants from us today. I'm not saying it's all wrong. Just saying he wants us to start pulling down the substance of heaven into this earth and start living people that are filled with faith. If we don't get more of what this world has to offer, we think our faith has failed us. Can I just declare against a lie that if you don't have everything that your friends have, that you don't have the picture-perfect self, that you don't have the vacations and the trips and everything else that everybody else has, that God's failed you? Let me remind you, he hasn't. Don't look and compare yourself to somebody else. That's the biggest trap of the enemy. He will use that thing. He will bait you with that thing and he will destroy you with that thing. Faith will say, I don't care what I have and I don't have. I learned to be content in every season, whether in riches or whether in poor. I've learned to be content in every season. That's what faith is. Faith is a continual sowing in obedience into the purposes of God. Faith causes us to raise our children in a different way, with different values than those around us. Faith causes us to be radical in our generosity to those around us. Faith causes us to conduct our financial affairs different than others do. Faith causes us to remain steadfast in the covenant of marriage. Faith causes us to live with integrity with our fellow believers, seeking their good ahead of our own. When's the last time you sought the good of somebody else besides yourself? Faith causes us to live on mission. Even when it's hard and difficult, uncomfortable, faith, in the words of Jesus, and promises that he says. Faith does not require instantaneous results, though. Talking about building our muscle. This is building our muscle. Don't be upset when it isn't instantaneous. I have watched God do more miracles when I got a word spoken over my life five, ten years prior. 
and it happens five, 10 years later. You with me? I don't put my faith in words. I love the prophetic word. I, I, I love when God comes and brings somebody and they speak the word of God over my life. I receive it. I take it. I hold on to it. I put it on a shelf sometimes, yes? Old school way of saying, just put the word on the shelf, way before God. Like I do that, I love that. But I hold on to what he has to say today in my life. I look to all those things, I look to the promises, but I don't look for instant results. We are looking for instant, bake, ready to go Christianity. It's not here. Faith is not something, you, it's just a gadget you pull out whenever you need something. Faith is living on mission. Faith is living with the Father every single day, getting intimate with Him, knowing His ways, understanding His ways, getting with somebody else to receive counsel and understanding. That is what faith is. Faith is hearing the Word and acting. Faith does not require instantaneous results. This is it. I'll close with this. It perseveres without wavering. No matter whether those results come the next day or the next year or the next decade, faith does not give up. Come on. Faith does not get up, give up. That's, if anything else you hear, faith does not give up. But be sure of one thing, faith and faith alone, whether sooner or later, will inherit the promises of God. Yes. At the end of this chapter, and towards Hebrews chapter 12, he addresses those that are listed there in this faith chapter. And it says, therefore, let us lay aside every hindrance and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The challenges of these heroes of faith and, and God's challenge to us today is to follow in their footsteps. To not stop running the race. To not stop running the race. To not let the things of this world creep in, but to hold on to the faith and the promises of Jesus. Don't stop running the race. These people, these men and women that are listed there, they weren't superheroes, guys. Hear me. We think they were superheroes. They were ordinary people. Hello, do you hear me? They were ordinary people, just like you and me. Just like you and me, breathed the same air, had this, they were this, you with me? They were ordinary people. At the end of this list, though, many of them aren't even mentioned by name, but faith makes ordinary people extraordinary. Can I say that? I believe God wants to make every single person in this house extraordinary. It doesn't come by self-promotion. It comes by faith. It comes by living out the word that God said. If God told you to go love the person that's on the train that's been bothering you, go love them. If God's told you to give your wallet over, no, I'm not talking the whole thing, keep your license, and, but like your money to the person on the street, regardless of what they're gonna do with it, do it. If God's told you to invite your neighbor over for a meal, even though you don't know them, you don't like them, you don't, invite them over. Because faith will make just ordinary men and women extraordinary in the kingdom of God. I would rather be called extraordinary in the kingdom of God than extraordinary here on this earth. I really don't care what you all say about me. I care what he says. I care what he says. And you should too. Faith takes spiritual hearts that are small and he turns them into giants. Faith takes ordinary folks and transforms them into people that will change the world. Faith is not an option. Can I say that? Exercising faith is not an option for us that have said yes to Jesus. It's the call. It's the mandate. It doesn't matter where you begin. It just matters that you begin. It doesn't matter where you're at today. It just matters that you start today. It matters that you start today. It matters that you start today. Small steps turn into mighty strides later. I, I say small steps lead to great things. He says this, even a, even a faith like a mustard seed. Hello? Does, does Jesus say that in Matthew 17? Even faith like a mustard seed can move a mountain. 
Come on, how many of you want to just start there? Faith as small as time. I don't even, it's like as small as this. That small faith that can sit on my fingertip, that small faith can move a mountain in the kingdom of God. Come on, how many of you want that today? How many of you want to live from that today? Come on, how many of you want that today? Two of you? All right, then the two of you stand up. Everybody, I'm just kidding. Everybody stand up. Come on. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, just close your eyes and just, just ask for this faith to be stirred in your heart. Ask for this faith to be stirred in your heart. Come on, just ask him right now. Say, Holy Spirit, give me more faith to believe. Give me the words of God today. I want the word of God over my life today. Come on, tell him that you desire to know his word. Come on, this is a dangerous prayer to pray, but it's real and it's true. Come on, if you want to be transformed by him, if you want to live a life filled with faith, come on, just ask him to fill you with the word of God right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name, Jesus. We bless your holy name, Jesus. Father, we thank you that we can trust in the things that we do not see in the natural, but we can trust in what your word says and what you're doing. And so, Father, today we lift up our eyes once again to the one that we're, to, to, to where our help comes from. And we say, Holy Spirit, fill us with the word of heaven today. Fill us with the words of the kingdom of God today. Our bellies are hungry today, oh God. Our spirits are hungry today, oh God. We want to live out faith today, oh God. We want to be people that exercise, that, that show the world what it means to be a child of the King today. So Jesus, we ask for your kingdom to come in our lives. Oh, we ask even the small seeds of faith today that are, that are going to be, begin to be operated in. Bless them and anoint them right now, Jesus. Oh, we, we just want you and more of you. We love you, Jesus. We bless you today. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. And everybody says, come on, and everybody says, come on, can we bless the Lord one time in this house today?